Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hey, thanks a lot for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it. Would you mind subscribing to the podcast? And also, could you rate the podcast, please? Five stars would be great. Thanks a lot. Coming up on the podcast today, Roz Weston from ET Canada on the Emmy Awards tonight. David Banman will be on the podcast. He is a lawyer in Steinbeck, where he wants Sunday shopping on the ballot there next month. We'll tell you all about it. And an old friend of mine, John Rempel. You won't believe what he is doing now at almost the age of 86. And now, the podcast. Now from ET Canada, watch these guys every night, Roz Weston. Hi, Roz. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know it's busy there at ET Canada today because you've got the Emmys tonight. Any possible upsets? Are you watching any of the races closely? Yeah, I think, you know, the, you know, the big one is, I mean, it always comes down to, comes down to drama, but this year the interesting thing about the, about the series is that this is the first, first long time where Veep isn't, isn't hated because they weren't eligible because, because Julie Louis' uh, uh, cancer treatment. And so with no Veep in comic series, it's really wide open. And Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Maisel, this shows where people really discuss, discuss her in awards show like, like these where you really, may, really, may, really, may. it's one of those shows that people start watching the year after and it did very well last year and the buzz started uh, happening for it so i think that that is a really really good shot at winning this year but then you have shows like atlanta which isn't necessarily a comedy it's one of those why is this in the comedy category right sort of like glow but don glover did win for director and don glover is favored for actor so if there is an upset look for atlanta tonight to beat uh, marvelous mrs Maisel. Okay, so let's move on to the big categories, comedy and drama, and then we can talk about the actors and actresses a bit if you want. Sure, yeah. Comedy. So do you think Atlanta might pull it off? I'm hearing Atlanta by a lot of people saying that that might be the comedy winner. Yeah, because you look at the other, you look at the shows, you know, Blackish is, 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 you know, it's past its prime. Curb Your Enthusiasm is past its prime. Glow isn't really a comedy. Silicon Valley struggled this year. Kimmy Schmidt is very hit and miss. If anything does beat Atlanta, I will say it's going to be Barry. Mm. Because I don't know if you've seen Barry, but it, people love Bill Hader and they love that type of show. And Henry Winkler in that show is incredible. It's sort of the, 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 the forthcoming of Henry Winkler. Yeah, I'm not watching Barry, but it's on my list because I it, just what I heard from you, I'm hearing from others that it's a great show. Yeah, it really is. But, but uh, look for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or Atlanta. I think that really those, either one of those could walk away with it. On the drama side, what do you like? Uh, the Americans. Final season of The Americans. Nothing is going to beat The Americans. Uh, the Crown, you have a bunch of, you got a, a whole bunch of shows in this category that really came out of the gate so strong in season one, which is This Is Us. I don't know if there was a better network drama than season one of This Is Us, and it did very well. Season two, not nearly as good. The same thing with Westworld. Season one was incredible. I didn't even finish season two. Uh, Handmaid's Tale, same thing. Season one, incredible. Season two, struggled a little bit. Uh, but the Americans, no show is going to beat the Americans tonight. And you know what? The only category that interests me at all among the actors and actresses is the drama actors because I am rooting for Jason Bateman in Ozark. Love that show. He's not going to win. No. I agree with you. He's great in that show. Uh, no, I think Matthew Reese for the Americans, also Sterling K. Brown, This Is Us. 
Um, he's so good, and, and people love Sterling K. Brown. I think that Sterling K. Brown is one of those people that may get a vote because you just need him on the stage. You know, you sort of need Sterling K. Brown's passion that he mm. gives, uh, you know, to award season, and he, he's one of the best in the business, and he delivers a hell of a speech. And uh, so Sterling K. Brown or uh, Matthew from uh, from the Americans, but I agree with you, Jason Bateman. But again, Ozark season one was amazing. Season two, not as good. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I guess I really did enjoy season one. I like season two, but you might be right. Yeah, maybe not quite as good. And uh, and, and also with Westworld, with uh, Jeffrey Bright and Westworld, you know, I don't know what happened to that show. It, it got so out of control, convoluted that, uh, you know, everybody was talking about Westworld season one after, you know, the Monday after it would air. And there were these really in-depth, heady breakdowns on Reddit. And there was a real community behind this show. And season two started and it died. I've never seen a show have the hype that a season one had to where it was you were oblivious that it was even running during season two. Hey, Roz, I'm curious to know if you think that the reason for that, because I think you're right about that. Do you think the reason for that is because there's so much new content coming all the time that we can't afford to give any more than one season to a show? Yeah, and, and you know, and, and normally, historically, with awards shows, it was rare that a first season of a show would be uh, recognized for awards because they always like to wait until the show had its legs. That's what you'd wait for. You know, historically, season two, season three, you look at Breaking Bad, where the show really picked up mm. around, like, you know, season two, season three, season four. That's when it was at its real peak. But now what you have are these shows that they get pitched an idea, and normally in show business, what winds up happening is – these showrunners go in and writers go in and they pitch the idea. And the first question that any executive always asks for a great idea is, that's awesome, but what are you doing in season two? It was always about moving these shows forward. Mm. And I think that that's just happening less and less and less. Like, This Is Us was a great idea for season one. But the sort of mechanism and the storytelling becomes a little long in the tooth when you start dragging that on for season two and season three, I think. Right. And of course, the Emmys are on NBC tonight, and there are going to be a lot of SNL types there. SNL, we watched that. Saturday Night Live on Global. So I'm looking forward to seeing Colin Jost and Michael Che, the uh, Weekend Update team, host the Emmys tonight. I think they might do a good job. Yeah, and Lauren Michaels was really tasked with boosting the ratings for the Emmys from last year. So I think that you're probably going to see more SNL-type things within the show. And I like uh, I like Michael and Colin. I think that they're sort of biting enough that you may get a tiny little bit of that, you know, Ricky Gervais you know, roasting the room. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that the, if they can nail the tone, because oftentimes on that show, uh, not so much Colin, but, uh, but Michael um, tends to be a little bit polarizing during the news. And you haven't had somebody on SNL who's sort of that polarizing, but I think he gets away with it. And I think that people like them enough to sort of give them that leash. Roz, thanks for doing this on a busy day. I really appreciate it. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you. David Bandman is a lawyer out in Steinbeck, and he joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon. Well, here in Winnipeg, we're voting on reopening Portage and Main to pedestrians. Down there in Steinbeck, you're voting on pot, of course, but you're also hoping to vote on Sunday shopping, and you're on the side of let's open it up. I think so. I think it's a good idea to canvas the people in Steinbeck to see how they feel on the issue. What's the problem? Why can't you get it on the ballot, or why are you having problems getting it on the ballot? 
I'm getting a little bit of resistance from Steinbeck City Council. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to add it to the to the referendum with the cannabis referendum right now. And what's their argument? It would seem to me that makes sense. Do it now. You've got another question on there. Absolutely. There's no cost to the citizens at all to do it this way, and and it's an issue that's been burning here for the last couple of years. I'm I'm a bit at at odds as to why it's not being put on the on the ballot. And why do you think it should be wide open Sunday shopping? One word: choice. For business owners, the choice to set their own hours, and for a consumer to be able to choose uh, to be able to buy items at times that are convenient for them, not have to travel necessarily to Winnipeg on Sunday. Yeah, here in Winnipeg, of course, uh, the shopping issue comes up from time to time. We're a bigger city. I think in a smaller community, and certainly in a community like Steinbeck, where Sunday is an important day for a lot of people. Um, I can see where it would be an issue. Um, but again, you're uh, an advocate for choice. Let's uh, open it up. And if people don't want to go to the store on Sunday, they don't have to. Absolutely. I think actually the demand from consumer side is here. I actually commissioned a large sale, sample telephone survey last month, and over 60% of the population wanted Sunday shopping. And that number actually goes up to close to 70% for people under 55. That demographic is what are the people who are buying uh, most of the retail items here in Steinbeck. So the demand is definitely here from the consumer side. And you paid for that survey yourself. I did. Well, why is it so important to you, David? Uh, my grandfather once said to me, don't complain about it if you have a problem, actually do something about it. So I'm passionate about our community. I was also uh, behind the liquor referendum 15 years ago. These are sometimes issues that people don't like to bring up, uh, but they need to be brought up in our community. I don't think you can build walls around your community to keep change from happening, and, and uh, that's really what I want to see here. I want to see people people's choice actually being listened to. And you've got a petition going. Tell us about that and give us the website. Correct. Uh, we have a website right now, uh, shopsunday.ca, as well as Facebook and, in- Facebook and Instagram sites. Excuse me. Uh, on the website, we also have an online petition where people can petition Steinbeck City Council. Uh, we're pushing close to 600 petitions already. Uh, we've sent 500 into the city of Steinbeck, asking them to uh, have a look at, at re-looking at putting the referendum onto the ballot on October 24th. So um, the surprise, the surprise for me, really, is the response that we've got. People are are really, really passionate about this issue. Any idea how much business, uh, local businesses there in Steinbeck are losing by not being open on Sunday? Uh, That's a good question. Nobody really knows what that number is. I think if you drive down Highway 12 heading towards Winnipeg, you're going to see a steady stream of cars of people going into Winnipeg to shop or to to buy some sorts of items. Sometimes it's just something as simple as groceries or uh, medication. We don't even have a pharmacy open here right now that can uh, fill a prescription if somebody's just been to the emergency room. So those are all real issues I think that people are, are concerned about. And, and the joke in Steinbeck here is that if you go to Costco in Winnipeg on Sunday, you'll probably see more Steinbeckers than Winnipeggers. <laughs> yeah, right. And we should remind people that Steinbeck is Manitoba's third biggest city, about 16,000 people. So this isn't just a small little community. No, and I think part of the reason for the rules being the way they have been for so long is that we have changed demographically dramatically in the last 12 years. Uh, You're seeing a lot of different types of people come into the community uh, and just a lot of different attitudes as well. And people's attitudes that have lived here for a long time have also changed. So uh, really, we're just trying to get with the times here. So, David, with this website of yours and the petition, shopsunday.ca, is there a certain number where then council will have to take it seriously or put it on the ballot, or is it sort of at the discretion of councillors? It's completely at the discretion of councillors, and I don't think, to be honest with you, I have 600 petitions now. I don't think 6,000 petitions may may be able to change their mind. They just are set on not making a change here. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for telling us about it, David. I appreciate it.
Thank you. I love getting listeners on, just average people with their stories. And I got a call, I guess a few weeks ago now, from a guy that I've not heard from or talked to in a long, long time. And he told me a story. And I said, you got to come in, John. You got to tell everybody about this. So here's a conversation I had a few weeks ago with a gentleman by the name of John Rempel. Take a listen. John Rempel, it is great to see you again. My pleasure, Hal. My pleasure after all these years. How many years has it been? 20 years, something like that? No, it's better than that. Really? Uh, would, I would say it has been 28. My gosh. You uh, used to hang out at what they called back in the day Wrinkles West, the Birchwood. Yeah. Down on Portage, West yeah. End Portage. Right. Barry Burns used to go. I used to go. You were there. A bunch of us used to hang out there. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. We did the karaoke, and uh, it was just a great time. The only thing wrong with it, all the songs I could do was... Johnny Cash <laughs> or yeah. uh, Tennessee Ernie Fords. Yes. And on your karaoke tapes, there were just two Johnny Cash Yeah, songs. you didn't have a lot of selection. No. Yeah. <laughs> there he is, the big pipes. You called me up a while ago, and uh, you listened, and you said, hey, I don't know if you remember me or not, and of course I did, as soon as you reminded me of the situation. And um, let's start here. How old are you now, John? Rude question, but I'm going to start with that one. You know what, Hal? There's no such thing as a rude question between friends. Okay, good. I am six weeks shy of 86. Wow. You look fantastic, man. You really do. Thank goodness the uh, people out in Radio Land cannot see me. (laughs) And you retired a while ago. Yes. And you thought, nope, this isn't for me. No, it wasn't. A year ago in October, October of last year, October, November, mm. I was sleeping 13 to 14 hours a day. Yeah. Ticket to a fast train to the cemetery. <laughs> so you realized I need to do something. I can't be sleeping and laying around doing nothing like this. Exactly. And you stumbled across a pretty cool product, a, a procedure, I guess, eh? Yes, it's a procedure, really. Tell me about it. What we do is, I this is a franchise. Yeah. So there's about 100 to 150 people in North America who do this. Uh-huh. We fix hockey sticks. You know, if you have a composite stick, it breaks, you throw it in the landfill. It's garbage. It's going to stay there forever because it does not degrade. Right. So you dig it up in a thousand years from now, providing you're still around. Yeah. It'll be the same thing. Right. And I did not like that. The other thing that really got me hooked on this uh, system is the fact that hockey is a very, very expensive sport to get into. Sure is. And by being able to take these three and four hundred and higher price than yeah, that. Yeah, like hundreds of dollars. Uh, three to four hundred is, is the common range. Hmm. And struggling family, mom and dad are both working. Yeah. One, two, three kids in, in hockey. I met a family that had four children in hockey. Oh, man. And by re- repairing or refurbishing, as I like to uh, call it, these sticks, 
I can help people that are struggling to put top quality sticks into their children's hands yeah. for 25% of the original cost. And as good as new. Let's put it this way. If the stick broke once, if it breaks somewhere else, I cannot control it. Yeah. But the repair that I do... If it breaks there... If it breaks, it's guaranteed for life. Hmm. Not the life of the stick, the life of the player. Wow. So if he breaks it and I cannot repair it again, let's say I have to take a section out, it gets too short. Yeah. There's my rack of sticks. Yeah. Pick your choice. Isn't that great, eh? And uh, here's the problem, though, John. You're on the mighty CJOB here talking about it, and we're heading into hockey season. You might have more work than you can handle after talking to me, but I, I just love you. I think you're fantastic. I love that you said, to heck with this, sleeping 13, 14 hours a day. I'm going to do something. You did your research. You found a great uh, procedure, a great service that you provide and you're making a difference in saving people money. I like that. I like it too. And the other thing is this. I was just simply not ready to say, hey, I'm 85 years old, time yeah. to die. Yeah. Oh, I always told my children, if I had anything to do about it, to say about it, I would be here for a long time to make <laughs> their life miserable as they made mine. <laughs> and spend their inheritance. Oh, I am. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you something, John. I, I can relate to that. Not that I was your age, but at 50, I kind of planned that maybe it would be Freedom 50 for Hal, right? When I left CJOB, I was kind of planning for that. Although in the end, it wasn't my decision. But when I was off, I enjoyed getting, uh, you know, a grip on my health a bit. And, but I realized I wasn't done yet. So I know that feeling. I, I absolutely know that feeling of, of saying, you know, I'm I'm just not ready to hang up the headphones yet. Good for you. Yeah. Because you know what? You have been around a long time. You're yeah. a knowledgeable man about Manitoba, the mm -hmm. situation in Manitoba. Yeah. And hey, you can't quit. Then what are old guys like me supposed to do? <laughs> so how long do you want to keep doing this? You're 86. As long as the good Lord gives me breath and health to do it, I'm going to do it. Good for you. So for about 25 or 30% of the cost of one of these composite sticks, you can repair that stick and it's guaranteed for life. Absolutely. That's a good deal. Now, the only thing is this. Some of the younger players, they don't like the idea. they peer pressure. Ah, they don't want a repaired they stick. They want, a, they want a brand new one. An incident that happened in British Columbia. One of my co-business uh, people there yeah. had taken a stick and went to a hockey rink when there was a game in, to be played mm -hmm. and started talking to the players. And this one guy says, oh, my dad would never have me play with a broken, with a repaired stick. He wants nothing but the best for me. Mm -hmm. So the game starts, and the agent stands at the, at the, and watches. Mm -hmm. And a, family, a couple come up, and they start talking. And the husband says, the father says, my kid is playing here. Which one? Well, Billy. And, oh, the guy says, I talked to Billy. And 
Oh, he says, his father says, what did he say? Well, Billy said, you would never let him play with a used stick. You wanted nothing but the best for him. <laughs> father just said, oh, he did, did he now? <laughs> yeah, the kid might think that, but mom and dad have a different thought, don't they? Now, the beautiful part was, at the next intermission, this same father yeah. with his kid in tow comes up to the uh, a- agent yeah. and he says, son, you owe this man an apology. Mm. You are going to use a, a repaired stick. Yeah. As long as I pay for the stick, you yeah. reuse what I tell you to. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how do people get a hold of you? They're hearing this. They're going, hey, this is a great deal. We can get our composite hockey sticks repaired for a fraction of what they would cost to replace them. How do they get a hold of you? They can go on the Internet. Mm-hmm. You're on the Internet. I've got a website. What? Come on. J Rempel, J R E M P E L, at integralhockey.com. And if they don't like uh, technology, like I'm an old boy. Yeah. I don't like technology. Let's put it this way it doesn't like me because <laughs> <laughs> we don't get along. Yeah. So they can also call me at 204 781. One, two, four, nine. Well, I'll tell you what, John, and if they miss that info, they can always just get a hold of me here at CJOB 780-6868 or hal at cjob.com, and I will be happy to pass on the business to you, John Rempel. John, it warms my heart to see you. You are always a great guy, and it's so wonderful to see you and see you doing so well. Thank you, Hal, and it's been great to be here. Mr. John Rempel. Ah, he's a great guy. Uh, if you can help, John, and John is, I mean, listen, he's doing this to stay busy more than he is to make money. And I'm telling you that because I know John and talked with John a lot longer than what you just listened to. He loves that he's helping families that have kids in hockey save money. And it's keeping them busy. And if you can give John some business, I'd love to see some teams out there call up John and make him, you know, the official hockey stick guy. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.